listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. started on a series on holiness, and my plan for a renew this session is just to kind of expand on what we talk about on um, Sunday mornings, just to expand on that tonight. And so I'm, I want to kind of just say a little bit more about what we talked about on Sunday morning, and just to recap for those of you that maybe were not able to be here, um, that word holy or holiness in the Greek is the word hagios, and it really kind of means set apart, uh, consecrated, um, to cut off. Um, it can mean sanctified. And so to be holy is really to be distinct, to be separate, to be in a class by oneself. Um, holiness is what separates God from all other gods. It, it really is what, um, when, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, that is him in his holiness. He, he's separated. He is apart from any other thing um, or person. So the word holy or holiness means that the one who is holy is uniquely holy in that they are separate, they are set apart from all others, there's no rivals, there's no competition, there's nothing in comparison. Now when the Bible refers to God as holy, again, it means that God is again transcendently separate. It means again he is, he is high, he is lifted up, he is far above all others. And so again, to be holy is to be other in a very different and, and special way. Hebrews 12, 14 says this, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, 1 Peter 1, beginning in verse 15, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, and then again, they're quoting Leviticus 11.45 here, you must be holy because I am holy. Uh, so when God calls us to be holy as he is holy, again, he, he is calling us and he is taking and he is separating us away from sinfulness just as he is separated from sinfulness. And, and that's why we say uh, it is impossible for God to sin. It's impossible for God to lie because he's holy. He is separated uh, from, from all uh, of that. So as God in his holiness is set apart from all others, so we too are holy and are also to be set apart from all others. And, and by that I mean we're exclusively His. We belong exclusively to Him and nothing can separate us from Him. Now I also talked about how holiness is really more a state of being rather than doing. Okay? Your holiness before God is really more about your relationship and intimacy with God than it is about what you do for Him. Um, what you do for God, the ways you serve Him, the ways that maybe you are using your spiritual gifts, the, the way that maybe you are obedient to His command, the fruit of our lives, all of that is extremely important to God. And, and holiness does not minimize that. It, it doesn't take away from that. Uh, they are all an indispensable part of our Christian life. But again, all of that is secondary 
to the relationship with him. And as we talked on Sunday, the problem with holiness for a lot of us uh, is, again, we, we tend to want to focus away from the relationship and we kind of get our focus on all of the rules and the commands and the laws and, and we're struggling and striving to try to keep all of this. And oftentimes what happens is all of this kind of becomes a distraction to what really needs to be happening uh, here in the relationship with God. We see this so clearly. I mean, in the way that Jesus dealt with pe people, um, that oftentimes the religious community, they just kind of wrote off as unredeemable trash. Take, for instance, the woman who's brought to Jesus in John 8. And in that story, it tells us she had been caught in the very act of adultery. And so John chapter uh, 8, verse 3, it begins saying the scribes and Pharisees, and again, these are the religious of the religious, okay? They brought a woman caught in adultery, and they kind of took her to the center of the court, like, like in the center of the city, um, and they said to Jesus, teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. And we caught her with her hand in the proverbial cookie jar. Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? Now again, just a side note here. The law of Moses to which they were referring to was Leviticus 20.10. And here's what it says. If there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Now, obviously, Jesus would have been very, very familiar with the law of Moses that they are referring to here. But you'll notice the only one they bring to Jesus is the woman. Even though they already admitted, we caught this woman in the very act. I mean, we, we saw them together. The only one that they bring is the woman. They leave the man out of it. So this is pretty selective justice on their part, a fact I'm sure does not escape Jesus. So continuing on with John 8, verse 6. They were saying this, testing him, so they might have grounds for accusing him. And I'm pretty sure by now Jesus figured this out, partly because they only brought the woman and not the man. So Jesus knows they are up to something much bigger than just trying to get justice here. But it continues on. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground. While we don't know what Jesus was writing on the ground, some theologians speculate that maybe Jesus was writing the names of all of the women the scribes and Pharisees had had adulterous relationships with. But when they persisted in asking him, Jesus straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Now Jesus kind of just quotes the law of Moses back to them because he's making a reference here to Deuteronomy 17, 7 where it says the witnesses must throw the first stones and then all the people may join in. In this way you'll purge the evil from you. It may also be when Jesus called the scribes and Pharisees when he said that to them, uh, he who is without sin among you, Jesus may have meant he who is without the same sin of adultery, not just sin in the general sense. Uh, he's saying, let, let any of you here 
who are not guilty of the crime of adultery, let you be the first ones to cast a stone at her. I say this because Paul makes this observation in Romans chapter 2 verse 1. And Paul says, you may think you can condemn such people, but he says, but you are just as bad and you are without excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things. So in all likelihood, those people that are there accusing this woman of adultery and wanting to condemn and judge her, probably in all likelihood were people who were guilty of the same thing. So Jesus may have been saying there, if there's any among you who have never committed adultery, you go ahead and be the first one to throw your stone. Now, continuing in John 8, verse 8, again, Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground. When they heard what Jesus said, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman, where she was, in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said, and Jesus said, neither do I, go and sin no more. Again, Jesus may have meant, and I'm pretty sure he probably meant to her, just go and don't commit the sin of adultery again. Again, rather than sin in general, because to never sin again, it's just not possible. So I think Jesus is saying to her, go and just don't commit this particular sin again. Now, just put yourself in the place of this woman. I mean, you're drug into the middle of town, and you are exposed before everyone. I mean, imagine the shame, the humiliation this woman felt. I mean, how would you feel if you were to be taken, you know, over here into Central Park, and the whole town of Mason City were to gather, and we were going to expose your deepest, darkest secrets? I mean, again, just think of the humiliation and how this woman must have felt in this situation. Now, what was the focus of the scribe and the Pharisees? They're, they're, they're wanting to uphold, enforce the law of Moses. We are concerned about the rules, the commands of God, although selectively, as I stated earlier, what was the focus of Jesus? The potential of restoring her relationship to the Father. Restoring this woman's relationship to the Father was Jesus' primary focus. The sinful act of adultery, though I'm sure serious and I'm sure of concern to Jesus, was secondary. The Pharisees, the scribes, they're making it primary, and Jesus is just saying, no, 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 no. Any of you who are not guilty of this, cast the first stone. When they leave, Jesus is able to say the primary focus here, the primary mission is really forgiveness and restoration. Our holiness before God, our being set apart unto him, must be our primary focus, not what we do, whether good or bad. Again, there are many examples in the Bible. We talked about some this past Sunday morning. Again, where people were obeying the laws, the rules, the commands of God, but there was no relationship, no intimacy. What did Jesus say to them? Depart from me. I never knew you. As long as our notions of holiness 
are limited to doing certain things, not doing other things, we can go through our entire lives obeying the rules or at least maintaining the appearance of doing so without dealing with far more fundamental questions like, whose are we? Who is this incredible God? Who is Yahweh? What are God's plans and purposes for me in this life? What of him does God want to express before the world through me? I'll tell you what, before we are ever called to be good, we are called to be holy. Before you were ever set apart to be good, you were set apart to be holy. And we're, we're going to get into that uh, a, a little later. We have been holy, set apart under God. We have been consecrated for the purpose, the task of loving him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, loving our neighbor as ourself. That is why I say your holiness before God, it is so much more about your relationship, your intimacy with him than merely striving to obey a bunch of laws, rules, and commands as good, as righteous as they are. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to put down, I'm not trying to minimize the laws, the rules, the commands. They are important, but they are secondary to the primary focus of our relationship with the Father. Again, I, I, I told on Sunday. There are just so many times I get so caught up in this that, that I just start to feel burdened. I start to feel weary. I feel frustrated. I'm getting burned out. I, and, and I just have to say, stop and get your focus back up here. And man, I'll tell you what, folks, when we are loving Jesus with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, so much of this kind of just takes care of itself. As we live and grow in this relationship of intimacy with the holy God, as we maintain our primary focus on him and strive to love him with our whole being, God will work in us to align us more and more to his holiness. When we just keep our eyes upon him, when we're just loving him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, God will just kind of begin to align our hearts with his heart. He'll align our minds to be of one mind with him, hating what he hates, loving what he loves, measuring everything in this world by the um, standard of his word. It will be his work of holiness in our lives, not our own. It'll be the working of his spirit, not our own. Again, at its most basic, holiness is kind of just this grateful submission to God's claim on our entire lives. To come to that point where we just kind of accept we are not our own. We belong to God. And apart from him, we can do nothing. More than any other American value, the notion that, that, that some people have that we are kind of the masters, the proprietors of our own lives, it just stands in direct opposition to our call to be set apart, to be consecrated, to be long to God. To be holy means all that we are, all that we have belongs to God, not ourselves. We've died to self. We've died to the world. And every aspect of our lives is to be shaped and directed toward growing in our relationship and intimacy with God. Look again at the story Jesus tells of the prodigal son in Luke 15. I'm going to talk about this even this coming Sunday. 
Remember that story? The son basically asked his father for his share of, of the inheritance while his father is still alive. I'm telling you what, when Jesus gave that part of the detail of the story, it, it was shocking to the listeners. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like you going to your, your mom and dad if they're still alive and, and saying, you know what, I've waited long enough for you to die, and I want my share of the estate now. Um, there, there's just something that is so cold, so cruel, so callous about that. So as Jesus tells this part of the story and as he reveals that detail, there's kind of just a collective gasp among the listeners. They're, they're thinking, how could anyone be that cold and that indifferent? So the father honors his son's request. The son leaves his father's house, and he goes into a foreign land. And there he spends his father's entire inheritance on wild and loose living. Once all of the money is gone, his friends have abandoned him. Remember, he ends up on a farm feeding pigs, which is the bottom of the barrel living for a Jewish person. I mean, you couldn't get any lower in life than doing what this son was doing. So hungry, broke, tired, and without hope, he kind of hatches this scheme. The Bible says he kind of just comes to his senses and he decides he's going to return to his father's house and he's going to beg his father to just bring him back on as a hired servant. He even kind of has this speech that he's written and he's memorizing what he will say to his father when he sees him. And Jesus in the story, he says, as the son approaches, the father sees him from a distance and it says that he's filled with compassion for his son and, and he sees him and he runs to him and he embraces him and just smothers him in kisses. And the son says in verse 21, Father, I have sinned before heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now before the son could say another word in this memorized speech, the father instructs his slaves to bring out the best robe. says put it on him. Give him a signet ring um, and sandals on his feet. And again, the signet ring, it, what it was, was it was uh, the, the authority that this son could now conduct business in his father's name. He could make transactions in his father's name. And all of this was done to convey to the son that the father had forgiven him and the relationship was restored. Then the father called for the slaves to slaughter and prepare a fatted calf. They were going to celebrate the return of his son. This one that was dead is now alive. He that was lost is now found. Okay, now you remember the older son comes home and he hears and he sees all of this music and dancing and celebration. He asks what's going on and he's told his younger brother has returned safe and sound. Remember the reaction of the older brother? He becomes very angry. His father goes to him and he pleads with him to join them in the celebration. I want you to listen to the older son's response. Look, for so many years I have been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours and yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came home who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Now, now I want you to see what he's doing here. It's all this. 
I have, I've obeyed every command. I've kept every rule. I've broken no law. I mean, he is so into this. Look at what the father's response to him is. Son, you have always been with me. But you've been too busy with this to know this. All that is mine is yours. This is what we miss when we're busy with this. We miss, I've always been with you. We've always, all that is mine is yours. And folks, you're going to miss this every time you're tending to this. When this becomes the primary and this becomes secondary or worse, you are going to start sounding like an older son. The father's response, it is a deeply relational response. You've always been with me. We've always had a father-son relationship. But again, because the primary focus of the older brother was solely on obeying all the rules and the commands of his father, he lost sight of the fact of all that his father, all that what his father had was his. Again, when we make our relationship with God all about our obedience to the rules, the laws, the commands, again, as good, as righteous, as holy as they are, we will forget, we'll miss out on the blessings and benefits of all that God has is ours because we are his, he is ours. That is the essence of holiness. We have been set apart unto him. That is what holiness does for the purpose of him lavishing his agape love upon us, which will inspire us to love him in return with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength as well as our neighbor and ourselves. When that happens, when those two things come together, as Jesus said, that was the first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Said the second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. When those two things come together, what does Jesus say happens in Matthew 22, verse 40? He says the entire law of Moses and all the demands of the prophets are based upon those two commandments. In other words, what Jesus is saying, if you'll just keep those two, you can't help but keep all the 633 other laws, rules, and commands because they all flow out of that. When we get those two things right, loving God, loving our neighbor, loving ourselves, everything pertaining to the law, the rules, the commands of God will take care of themselves. They'll kind of just fall into place. This is the yoke Jesus said would be easy and light in Matthew eleven twenty eight. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I, I believe when we're just loving God, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, loving our neighbor as ourselves, I believe that is the yoke that we are called to carry. And when we do that, it, it, it makes all of the other things that we try to manage over here lighter and much easier. As a matter of fact, before I came up, uh, 
uh, Danielle was sharing with me, a, a friend of hers was, was just kind of talking about just, again, not feeling worthy. Do, do, you, do you think that the prodigal son felt worthy when he, when he came back to his father? No, I don't think he did. I don't think he felt worthy at all. And, and that's precisely why Jesus tells the story because, again, when we kind of get to that place where we just don't feel worthy, regardless of what we've done, Jesus really kind of tells the story, and what he does is he really kind of exposes in a lot of people's hearts, the reason you have a difficult time believing and accepting this is because you really don't know your father. And I am here, Jesus said in part, to reveal to you who the father truly is. I mean, we sing the song here all the time, you're a good, good father. And again, oftentimes when we find ourselves in a place of unworthiness uh, because of God's goodness or his mercy um, or, or whatever it is that, that God is doing, whenever we feel a sense of unworthiness about that, that unworthiness really kind of comes out of a place of we really didn't know you because if we really had known you, we would know we don't need to feel unworthy. So again, th this is, this is that, that, that call to holiness. Um, again, that is that yoke that, that Jesus wants us to take on ourselves. It, is that again, holiness is more about our being in, in a right relationship with God than then getting kind of uh, all hung up and, and all focused on this over here. Amen? Amen. Anybody questions or comments? I told you on Sunday I would open that up for questions or comments. It is a hard, uh, and I will even, you know, go into more of an explanation on, on holiness, talk about some things pertaining to holiness I didn't talk about uh, this past Sunday because holiness really is, it is one of those concepts, it is very, very difficult to understand. As a matter of fact, what I'll talk about um, on, uh, on Sunday is one of the things with, with holiness is, is as being created in the image of God, we do share certain attributes um, of God, you know, that, that God is love, um, and, and we can share in, in God's love. God is faithful. We can share in, in that, uh, that attribute of faithfulness. Um, holiness is one of those that we cannot share in. Um, that is simply something that is imputed to us. Um, God is omnipotent. We can't share in that. God is omnipresent, being God is everywhere always. We can't share in that attribute. Holiness is, is similar in that, that, that it is an attribute that we cannot share in. It is something that has to be imputed to us. So that's just, again, uh, trying to understand more and more the, the, the this concept of holiness. It is a difficult concept to understand, but it is an important concept that we understand as much of it as we're, as we're able to, as, as God reveals through the word, through scripture. We want to be able to try to understand and, and go deeper in that whole concept of holiness. Because again, as uh, Hebrews says, Hebrews 12 says, without holiness, we can't see the Lord. Uh, so it, it is important um, that we understand that we're pursuing um, holiness uh, with the Lord. It, again, it, it is a concept that is foreign to a lot of us. 
And again, I think the reason it's foreign to a lot of us is because we've really attached with this sense, this idea of holiness, uh, a list of rules. Um, and, and holiness is so much more um, than that. Um, and so that's really what I'm really kind of wanting to convey, uh, uh, to get across for us to really understand the importance of, of holiness. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I, I mean, if I don't know, I'm just going to tell you I don't know. Right. Well, and you get the sense that he doesn't, he doesn't know his father um, is really kind of part of what Jesus, and I think, again, it, it, is, it reveals something also about our hearts when we find ourselves in, in similar places and positions and accusations um, against God. It, it is we really do not understand. We do not know you the way you truly are. Um, and, and I think all of us, I, I mean, I, I think all of us can, can, you know, acknowledge up to a certain point that there are things we, we learn about God that, that just blow our socks off. Man, we, we, I didn't know you were like that. Um, you know, and again, I think oftentimes when we mess up in life, it is so hard to receive the, the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy of God because, again, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel like we deserve it. Um, and, and when we're thinking that way, again, what it's saying to us is you really don't know your heavenly father if that's how you feel. And, and so again, even in, in the story, in the, in the human relationship, I mean, you get the sense that this son really doesn't even know uh, the true heart of his father. You know, everything I, I have is yours. Um, and he just, he never realized that or he never valued that. Uh, and again, I think sometimes that's we're guilty of that in our relationship. We don't realize that about God. We don't value that in our relationship with God. And I think, again, Jesus came to reveal the true heart of the Father. So that's always a big lesson for me when I go back, you know, to that is, you know, in what ways do I sell God short because I don't know him? Okay, what we're going to do is just kind of move into a time of just really kind of waiting on the Lord. We've, um, I'm not going to, um, obviously we've spent the last two weeks really kind of going through um, and just kind of doing an overview of the spiritual gifts. I do have the, the handouts, um, kind of had uh, encouraged you to just to bring those. If you bring, your, if you bring a Bible, just tuck those in there. Um, so again, it gives you kind of an idea of, of what we're doing. But again, we want to just, you know, the nine spiritual gifts, we want to just be able to wait upon the Lord um, for just the spirit to move in the manifestation of any or all of those gifts tonight. Um, again, we would just encourage you, if there is uh, a, a, a message given in tongues, um, please just remain um, silent until the interpretation is given, and then we can move on. Um, also, if there, if there are people here tonight and you need prayer for healing, um, please come up um, and, and ask somebody here. I, I, I think all of us here, uh, or most of us here, would be very, very comfortable to pray with you for healing. It is a spiritual gift. Um, and again, uh, don't 
think you, you know, don't feel like you're, oh, I got to be super spiritual or, you know, I, I've, I've kind of had a pretty crummy day today and I don't feel like I've been very Christ-like today, so that disqualifies me from God using. Again, folks, it's, you're, you're, you're in this. Stop it. <laughs> get up here. Uh, get, just forget that. Just say, okay, yeah, it's been a rough day. It's, I've, I've had some, some, you know, crummy things going on today. But you know what? I'm making the decision to stop all of that, and I'm just going to love Jesus with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and I'm just going to ask him to use me in spite of all of my weaknesses because when we are weak, he is strong. And so we just come tonight not out of any great spiritual strength that we have, not any out of any great abilities we have, but just because we serve such a great and awesome God. And he wants to use us, to move through us, to be a blessing to other people here tonight. So if you're here and need healing, just let us know. We will come. We will lay hands on you. We will stand. We will trust. We will believe for complete and full healing um, tonight. So I just, want, I just want to put that out there. I don't, you know, make that, uh, say that every week. Um, but again, I just want you to kind of know that's how we think. That's the position we take here uh, when it comes to the spiritual gifts, uh, particularly in that realm of healing. If you have a prophetic word tonight, um, I, I say this every week, and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the wall. I'll get home, and somebody will text me. God gave me a bunch of pictures tonight, um, but I just didn't think that he wanted me um, to use them. What do you think? <laughs> I wrote back and said, well, then God wouldn't have given you any pictures if he didn't want you to use them. The fact that God gave you a picture, a word, or a phrase is an indication that he wants you to get up and share that. Um, so I just, I just say to you tonight, um, please don't minimize that. You may think, oh, it's, it's just a word. It's not that big of a deal. Like I said, like, God's going to start off in little ways with you, especially if you've not ever really done this. So again, just, you know, be weak in that. Be humble in that. Um, and again, just start with a small beginning. Um, so I just kind of throw that out there to encourage you tonight. This is a safe place to kind of just begin to practice and, and just working in, in those giftings. Um, if you mess up, it's okay. Um, I'd rather you mess up here where we can come alongside and we can, you know, in a, in a positive way, we can help you and we can correct that so that when you're doing it out there, it, it's just going to be, it's going to flow so much uh, better and more natural for you. So again, don't, don't be fearful of, of any of that um, tonight. Just, just be obedient. Uh, I loved how Doug came up that one time, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and just said, you know, th this is all I got. Uh, didn't mean anything to him. Sat down and kind of just, you know, felt like, oh, okay, well, I put myself out there, and I don't even know if it meant anything to anybody. That's okay. Uh, it, it's, that's exactly what we need to be doing. So I just want to encourage you uh, tonight just to, to feel free, uh, however God is, is moving in you in, in those giftings. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord, again, just for helping us and reminding us that, Lord, part of the essence of holiness is just getting our focus, getting our eyes back on you. Again, as we talked about Sunday, returning to our first love. 
And so tonight, God, we want to just set our focus. We want to just set our gaze upon you tonight. And God, we, in, in spite of maybe what's happened today, uh, the last couple of days, God, we, we just set all of that aside. And God, we just again want to just put our whole focus on loving you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength tonight. And God, I believe, Lord, when we'll just do that, we'll just shift and we'll just make that alignment with you that, that God, you'll, you'll come and God, you'll, you'll begin to remind us that all that you have is ours. And you've made that possible through Christ. And so we thank you, Father, tonight for all that we have that is yours, that you have bestowed upon us, especially in, in through the spiritual gifts tonight. Father, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to come tonight and again just to release the giftings through your people tonight that they would serve, that they would encourage, that it would build one another up. And so, Father, tonight we just come, we wait upon you. We thank you for your presence with us through the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence in this place because where two or three are gathered together in your name. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.